Welcome to From the Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to Can You Pickle That? The show where we talk about different things that can or cannot be pickled. Eggs, we know those can be pickled. Beets. Cucumbers? Beets? Beets, definitely they can be pickled. Cucumbers? Those are pickles. If you pickle a cucumber, it becomes a pickle. And True story. So let's, uh, let's get on to today's topic, chicken. Can you pickle it? Can you pickle it? We'll take our first caller. No, I'm just fucking with you yet again. <laughs> Welcome to From the Outside Looking In, the show about everything, the show about nothing, the show about Pat and I sitting on these ever-so-comfortable theater-style seating in my studio, uh, full-spectrum audio. Uh, yeah, you get the gist. We like comic books, we like movies, we like music, we like hockey, and we talk about those things uh, from a geeky perspective or from a non-geeky perspective. It really depends on the topic. Um yeah, I think we went through the intro. Everybody knows us. Nailed I'm Andy it. Liascos. With me, as always, the Daniel Craig to my Pierce Bronson, Mr. Patrick Banis. Yeah. That's not a bad one. No, it's not. And I'm looking at a Bond poster, and that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I have a Bond Famous poster. Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> I would have also accepted Roger Moore. Oh, yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Daltrey. Timothy Dalton was not a Tim- good. No, he. I feel like he's an underrated Bond. Yeah. What was he in? Two movies. Two movies. Two yes. movies. Yeah. And they 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 tend to be the, uh, the the up until that point they were definitely like the most violent Bond movies. I feel like this was that era like in the '90s where everything went to shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Like in the like late '80s, early '90s, right before like before GoldenEye. Like GoldenEye was '93. Yeah. Right. Something like that. There was a lot of good stuff that like like the Doctor Who series like just went to shit and they had to can't they had to just yeah, yeah. they had just put it on hiatus for a long time and and then you know James Bond was going through like well is it going to be Pierce Brosnan is he yeah I mean he's kind of good but what about Timothy Dalton or is he uh, you know let's just put let's just shelve this for a while let's just yeah. put this you know let's just put this on to bed for a little bit and wow. then come back with Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig I I, I didn't see the last movie which I kind of neither did I too I need to get around to doing that yeah uh, I I thought they were gonna do uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. It's still, I still don't think I don't think that they've made any calls on that yet. So I feel like there's yeah. still opportunities. There's, yeah, no, I, I, so. I feel like it's a it's a it's a great opportunity. I think it'd be a great bond. I'm yeah, definitely in on that. Also, I I'd be remiss. I I came to Full Spectrum Studios bearing gifts. Ooh, because on air gifts. On air gifts because that's how we roll. And don't forget about this one. Oh yeah, that's the that's the uh, we were promised shirt. That's the we were promised. This was, this was mentioned on a show. Yeah, we were promised t-shirts. Yeah, we were promised t-shirts. Let's check this out. Um, so in the uh, the medium of uh, radio, I'm unrolling a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it has maybe a peace sign on that, like a hand given a peace sign. Oh, that's really cool. Huh? WPJ. I like that. Right. And then on the back, what do we got here? Oh, fat chance. Yeah, that's oh, that's fucking awesome. This is a dope shirt. Hell yeah, yeah bud. Yeah, I give this a uh, uh, nine out of ten speckled hens. Ooh, yeah. that's a good rating. That's a good rating. And then 
<coughs> this box, which I think you've already cut, so I don't have to get a box. Uh, nope, box you don't box. need to cut it. Look at that. What do we have here? You know they're comics. Yeah, they're definitely comics. It's a flat box. There's definitely comics in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are, yeah, this is the great run. Yeah. This was the, what we bid it on, yeah? Uh, I think these were the ones from the Steel City Comic Con that oh, we were talking okay. about while I was there. Yeah, this this art run is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so this is uh, Hellblazer. What do we got here? Uh, wow. Number three? number four and number five so that gives me the one two three four five i may have six and seven already but that gives me like up to, maybe up to the first 10 issues nice of hellblazer like the what like this is the original run yes yeah this is like the 90s run yeah yeah this is, this is straight 1988 bud oh is that 88 okay yeah. yep march 88 april 88 may 88 is that the vertigo label or is that still dc this is dc okay yep Yep. The, uh, yeah. So the the original first run started on DC, moved over to Vertica, yeah, and then wound up back on DC, and then went to DC Black Label. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is great stuff. Yeah. This is a quality, quality, quality day over here at Full Spectrum Studios. Pat, you're in town. We're in studio together. I do have to make a quick uh, announcement or apology. Uh, in the last episode. Uh, uh, which was a fantastic episode. Everything was sounding really, really good. Uh, Sweet Lou brought it to my attention that in the like last 15, 20 minutes of the episode, your mic completely cuts out. Cuts out altogether. Altogether, and it's just me talking to myself. And when I mix, what? Yeah. Well, so when I mix shows, I, I listen to about a half hour. I get all the le levels right, and then I'm like, "This is good." And like your your audio wave was there, but it just cut out completely. Oh my god! I wonder what happened. Yeah, I have no idea what happened. So for, wow. Yeah, for the last 15, 20 minutes of, of the last, it's just show, you talking to yourself. It's just me talking, <laughs> like randomly laughing. You know what I mean? <laughs> good catch, Frenchie. Oh yeah. wow, that sucks, yeah. dude. I have no idea what happened there. Yeah, I, yeah no idea. But I don't know, know what could have what could have went wrong there yeah 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 well now i'm gonna have to do some testing yeah now i have to now i have to make sure to to do a little bit better of quality control and listen to the entire show before i launch it. Oof. Oof. big oopsies guys yeah yeah but so apologies to those who who only got to hear my some somber yeah. tones towards the end of last yeah episode. some of us aren't in a band and don't have recording equipment <laughs> so uh we're like in a walk-in closet basically yeah 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 i mean i have like the tiniest of preamps it's not you know yeah i mean it is what it is we we get through normally i put a pretty high like noise filter on yeah. your track right? always have like, to yeah so i don't know if like at some point it just, it just got really bad and, and oh man like, all noise <laughs> it's it, all noise this is all noise well did you check the original uh wave then yeah it's still there i mean there's still like an audio file there and does it cut out or mm, i i didn't even listen okay to okay it. yeah i didn't even listen to it again. ah boy and sorry I just deleted it so the whole thing or just right now i do every time what well this is a template I oh here we go again you're like you're like that you're like the bbc keeping doctor who on vhs tapes that they then record over yeah, yeah exactly oh jeez. Right. well yeah we record we master these down the 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 final versions are you know up in per perpetuity well i have the uh i have my wave file my wave i still have my wave file yeah, yeah 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 it's out on the google oh, drive I, I have your wave file yeah like, yeah, yeah. I, I can always do that yeah. okay okay yeah, yeah yeah i'm just curious yeah because i i'm gonna have to do some you know troubleshooting on my end now so but yeah in town welcome to text tech stock 101 yeah we're talking about troubleshooting yeah we're talking about troubleshooting yeah, yeah. uh from a geeky perspective yeah 
Um, where's your gain at? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and turning it on? Again? Oh my god. Uh, so one of the reasons I'm in town, obviously, yeah. um, obviously, because you know, obviously, all our listeners would know this if they listen to the show, yeah. uh, is to go see the Bears Have Hearts yeah. album release party. And we're going to talk about that in a second. We're driving down to uh, Philly, and I'm on Ridge Ave because you know, like, I just want to take Ridge the whole way down and just go back in the old neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. And um, she, uh, you know. Eve's in the car with me. She's like, oh, I see your Philly driving's coming back out. Because I'm like hauling ass there. I'm like flying. I'm cutting him. I'm bobbing and weaving in between lanes and stuff on like Ridge and Henry Ave. And like, this is great. She's like, she's like, my phone won't, my phone won't connect to an, uh, anything. She's like, it won't, uh, it won't connect to like uh, a wireless network or whatever. And I'm like, uh, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? And she goes, okay, fine. She turns it off, turns it back on, it reboots. And it connects to her wireless network. Yeah, like to to like her the cell our cell network. Yeah, so, yeah. Because like you, usually when she's anywhere, hotel, whatever, she'll connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah, and, which I don't understand because we have like an unlimited data plan. So I have no idea why she does this, but she does it anyway. So she like turns it off, turns it back on, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Thank you for mansplaining that to me. Go. Well, sometimes you got to turn it off, turn it on, and it yeah. worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the uh, have you watched that show, The IT Crowd? Yeah. It's like 25 years old. It's basically telling you everything you need to know. No. It, 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 tech Support 101, always start with turn it off, turn it on, <laughs> and see what happens. Nobody knows why. Turn it, like Sometimes whatever, it just needs a break. You yep. turn it off, you turn it back on. It's like, oh, yeah. No. Well, cell phones, cell phones always need like a periodic like turning on and like reboot, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they always need, and we never do it. But you, it always can tolerate a, a, a reboot. Yeah. And there we go. I was like, okay. That's why, like, every time you download, like, the new iOS or whatever, mm-hmm. it completely reboots, right? Yep. Like, it's like, oh. Sometimes I feel like the updates aren't even anything other than... It's okay, just a reboot. I'm just going to make it reboot. Yeah. yeah. I changed the color, and here's a reboot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Have you tried rebooting your phone? Yeah. But always start. Step one. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it back on again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't try that, like, with your cat. Yeah, not with animals. I, nothing with your pets. Like, don't turn them off and turn them back on and see what happens. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't. It's not. It's not what we're uh, proposing here. Yeah, but this is uh, the Fourth uh, of July weekend, mm-hmm. and so uh, I'm town for uh, to see the fam, and uh, just happened to coincide with a Bears Have Heart show. Um, so you know, we're just gonna go right into the you got to try this uh, portion of the show. You gotta try this. You gotta try this, guys. Uh, greetings from the end. Ooh. The hip new album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is very hip new album from Bears Have Hearts. <laughs> They're not your dad rock band yeah. anymore. <laughs> new with updated uh, updated riffs. Yes, yes. Recorded right here in full spectrum audio. <laughs> with the freshest shoe game. Yeah. Yeah, the freshest shoe game in the game. Yeah. Yeah, the drum set's right in front of us. I had to I had to go up uh, I had to go up um, to the stage last night while Hawk was tying his shoes. Yeah. And cause like Eve had said something to me about his shoes and he has those powder blue Adidas and I had to go up and like put my red Adidas right next to his because <laughs> I wanted to change. I was like, oh man, what which Adidas you wearing? Because like he's got these uh, everybody's wearing high tops. High tops are back, kids. High tops are back. I yeah. got a pair of high tops. I was wearing them. Hawk literally got those Adidas high tops that day. Oh. Like earlier that day. He's like, I guess I better go get new shoes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, I mean, like I, I was I was basically dressed like a uh, gangrel. 
right? It was. You were just like Gangrel. Oh my God. It was like dark Gangrel. I'm surprised you weren't carrying a chalice that had blood in it. For God's sake. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's the stage persona I'm going through. Uh, I'm going through my uh, thin white dukes. Yeah, really. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, Gator Gator is uh, cosplaying uh, cos- cosplaying Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's his thing. And uh, yeah, and I, except I, that in Red Dead Redemption Two, they're wearing Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta, It's a mod. It's a special mod. It's got to be a, a little bit of a, a, a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> like with everything <laughs> going into this cosplay. Yeah, We're yeah, not going for uh, historical accuracy. Yeah, walking down walking down Grave Street from Silverwood down the hill mm-hmm. and. I see, you know, there's picnic tables and people are hanging out outside the bar. And then I see there's Andy and he's wearing a, a black long sleeve dress shirt. And what's that? Yeah, it's a cravat. Yeah, yeah, it was an ascot. Ascot, ascot. ascot. I don't know what. The, so what is so what is the what is the difference between a neckerchief and ascot and a cravat? And a, and a cravat. So uh, a, a neckerchief is really just. Um, uh, it's basically a handkerchief around your neck, around your neck so to keep for, dust and dirt out. Yes. So, for example, it is what Fred from Scooby Doo wore. Mm-hmm. So Fred didn't technically wear an ascot; he wore a a neckerchief. My right? my grandfather, who uh, you know later on in life was a uh, a Montana cowboy, mm-hmm. wore a silk, and I have it at home, um, a silk neckerchief because it kept dust and dirt out of his neck while he was working, and it was cool and comfortable. It wasn't cotton, so it wasn't like heavy. And sweaty. Yeah. So that was a cowboy thing, but it yeah. was also updated for present day because I doubt cowboys are wearing like silk, you know, neckerchiefs. Oh, you never know. You never you know. know. I mean, yeah, you, ne- you never know. We're not here to judge what cowboys nope. do. We're just uh, we're just here to. Just that my grandfather has more style than you. Yes. So yeah, right. <laughs> a, and a cravat is sort of like a fat tie without a without the the. The knot portion of the tie, but the the main difference is it, it goes under the collar, but over the shirt of uh, a, a cravat does right. So like when you wear a tuxedo, right? yeah, like that's like that's a cravat, right? Okay, okay. So it's over the shirt, right? It's over. The oh, shirt. I'm way off with the cravat. That's like a bolo. You might we're in tie territory. Yeah, it's more. Of a yeah, tie yeah, yeah. All right, all right. It's it's thick. So it usually goes. Gotcha. Yep. And then an ascot goes under the collar and under the shirt, and you button over. All right, so. It's very scarfish, right? It is. Uh, well, I don't know if I would call it scarfish. No, no, no. It's it's, it's very neckerchiefish. It's it's neckerchiefish. <laughs> it goes again under the shirt. The button goes over it, and you kind of plume out. So he's got this. He, so so Andy's got his red, you know, burgundy uh, ascot with his <coughs> black silkish, you know, yeah. dress shirt with his black slim cut. Jeans and, and the, uh, the the inner trim and buttons are, are, are red. <laughs> are, are, are oh red. gosh, it was great. It was and we're great. And we're like in we're like in we're like Main Street, basically Main Street Maniunk yeah. in the summer. <laughs> I was just so like if you if you see the uh, the the Bears Have Hearts um, social media page, I am literally just in a t-shirt and jeans like before the show. You know what I mean? Like I really, that, that outfit came on around like eight thirty at night. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You dressed up just for when we got there, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. I, I did a, uh, a diva-esque outfit change, yeah. So this was a uh, this was at the Grape Room on Grape Street in Maniunk, mm-hmm. and there were four bands. 
Um, what was the first band? Earth Child. Earth Child. Yep. Uh, I got there late, so I missed that one. Mm-hmm. I think they were just finishing up or coming off. Yeah. And then um, Flavor Wave. Flavor Wave. Love those guys. Yeah. Uh, they did some covers. They did some original stuff. Yeah, you know. They, they, I think they've been together for about a year. Oh, cool. Right. So like you know they still do a lot of covers, but yeah, they're they're good. Played I, some Strokes. Yeah. Played some Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, played some Gorillas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good time. Good time. And then um, uh, what was familiar. it? My familiar yeah. with a cello player. Yo, the cello was dope. Yeah. As yeah. soon as I saw him come in with that, I'm like, oh, what's this cello? I got. I'm so intrigued now. Yeah. Because yeah. I know what I know what a bass and a cello look like. I I have you know. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh, he's carrying a cello. What this? What is this gonna be? They're gonna do like some. A, it, was this, it was a pretty fiery looking like bright blue. Oh yeah. Cello. It, was, it was pretty. Yeah. Bright. And yeah, it was yeah. up off. It was up on a stand. It was like yeah. a one foot stand. I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be nice. Yeah. They were an interesting group. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting group. Um, yeah, first playing with them. Um, it was uh, it was good. We were going to play with them uh, like February or something of last year uh, at the Grape Room. Okay. Uh, that, that, that coincided with uh, my 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 getting of COVID. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you figure? Um, how do you who who sets up the gig and then who who sets up and gets a hold of all these bands? Uh, so this last show I did. So you promoted it. Yeah, so I, I worked with uh, um, the guy at the Grape Room. I think uh, his promotion company is like called Bad Habits or something. And he's like, yeah, do you, you know. Um, and then so we played um, uh, an online um, stream with Earth Child before. Like, so we've done that a few times. They're, you know, they're good people. Um, and uh, Flavor Wave, we played with them once in in Soundbank. I think Ashes has met them a few times, and uh, my familiar, I think Ash knows one of the one of the people, right? So I just reached out to all of them, like, hey, you want to play this show with us? And yada yada yada. Cool. So, yeah. Okay. That was you know pretty easy, you know. Pretty easy. Yeah, pretty easy. Like it. It was it was a good lineup. It was a good it was a good show from start to finish. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. And it's a great venue. I've never I you know what I, a lot of my friends have been like oh yeah the grape room yeah I'm like I'm like have I ever even been to the grape room and the answer is still I don't know. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. But it's like uh, like a two and a half story, um, you know, lounge, and uh, there's a second floor with a pool table and some bathrooms. And, you know, uh, just for gender equality, I uh, accidentally went and uh, took a leak in the women's bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen because it's the first one you hit. And it and the door's already open. The door's, the door's hanging wide open, which you would not expect for a women's bathroom. Right, you just got to And the signage is like, the signage, there's a, there's a picture of something. I didn't even pay attention to this. There's a picture of something. And then in really small text, there's like the gender. And I'm like, I didn't even pay attention to this. Yeah. But I definitely know that while I was standing there, someone came in and sat down <laughs> on the like you know the the middle stall was out of order so someone came in and sat down and i was clearly standing up and i'm like all right i didn't realize this but i'm like this definitely looks like i could be in a women's room yeah. like there's no standing urinals i'm like i'm definitely probably in the women's room i go out and i tell my girlfriend she's like she's like yeah i do that i like i i've gone to the bathroom in the men's room it's not a big deal i'm like okay cool yeah but then like like if eve goes to the bathroom in the men's room right like it's cool no one's calling the police on her. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
a guy accidentally winds up in the ladies' room, like you can get the cops called on you, right? Like they're like this pervert. Yeah. Is like you know what I mean? Like that's you know. Yeah, and I, I'm like the only pervert in very distinct red Adidas sneakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like it could it would not have been hard to have like pointed me out, but um and like and like well, my. Yesterday it may have been hard, right? Because yeah. everybody was there was a lot of unique sneakers going on. There was, yeah, there, there was. was. I didn't look at a lot of people's shoes. Yeah, um, one I guy. I feel like there was at least four of us there with a strong sneaker. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. You know, and I'm like, I've got like a very distinct FC Bohemians soccer jersey on, yeah. and so it's like, well, it's pretty, it's pretty distinctive look. Like nobody's yeah. nobody's rocking that. Just like the just like the Twiggy who was in the crowd yeah, who had like a yeah, yeah, a yeah. very artistic fashion forward. I don't know if outfit. I can't even describe it, so I'm not even going to try. There was a lot of it missing. That's yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, there was a lot of it was cut out yes. for the summer. Yes. So. <laughs> um, Which was, I just, I don't know. But, like, it also seemed very, like, the parts that were there seemed very rigid, like, body armor. So, like, I didn't know if, like, she was cosplaying something. Like, I have no idea. Nope. I wasn't even trying. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it was hard to, yeah. It was hard to really understand fully what was going on there. So tell the kids what songs from the new album you guys uh, debuted last night. Uh, so as far as the live show goes, the, the only song that we debuted technically was uh, Memorial Day. That was our first time playing uh, Memorial okay. Day out live, um, and that was cool. Uh, we did play, yeah, we had a pretty long set. Um as you should. Yeah, we didn't realize it, but like when you guys wrapped up, we looked at the, at the watch and was like, it's like 1230. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. well, we're getting home late. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did go on for a little bit, yeah. And, and also, no one shut it down, so. Yeah, 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 and they were like, you know, when somebody was like, one more, and we were like, could we play one more? And they were like, yeah, go ahead. All right, we'll, All play, right. we'll play Ramblin' Soul. Um, but yeah, we played, I, I, I think like, I think there were 12 songs on the set list, and Sam's Rambling Soul and I think like eight or nine of those were like new songs from the new album okay so yeah so you can get that anywhere you uh, uh, want to do your streaming. Yes. yes. Apple Music uh, is the first. Um, uh, well, at least on DuckDuckGo. No. Okay. So this is my. This is what happens on DuckDuckGo. I love this. Yeah. No. Bears. Bears, bears have hearts on Apple Music, and then 32 pictures of stuffed animals with hearts. Yeah. That's bears great. with hearts. Yeah. No. That's. that's so great. I'm like, oh, well, that's perfect. That yeah. makes perfect sense. That's exactly why we named the band this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lyrics. Yeah, lyrics. Lyrics.com? Well. Well, well, well. Would, let's see what lyrics.com says about my wordsmith. The Garden Lyrics? Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, that's Gator's wordsmith. Uh, there's zero views and zero fans, so I'm sh I don't know how it got there, but... Well, hey. Um, you know, it's there. It's there. So that's and then uh, answers.com, do bears have hearts? Oh. Which is one of the silliest questions I think I've ever heard. Yeah, no, 100%. So, anyways, go check them out um, wherever you uh, uh, Bandcamp or Spotify or any of those spots. Yep. Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, wherever you listen to music, YouTube. It doesn't I'm going to totally hit you up for merch after the show. <clears throat> Oh yeah, yeah. They're so, all in Gator's car. Oh come on, Gator. Yeah, but I'll I'll send you merch. Don't worry. Mother. About it. Yeah, I got you. So uh, another another um another band I wanted to talk about um, who's having kind of a anniversary of sorts. Okay. Uh, did you know that uh, this year is the twentieth year in the business for the Black Keys? 
Oh, one of our favorite bands. I didn't even stop to consider that, but yeah. Yeah, their new album, um, uh, Dropout Boogie, which is really good. Their eleventh album, yeah, uh, is like their twentieth year as a band. Wow. So pretty wild, man. That is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Come up was their first album. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so like, just uh, you know, I don't remember like in 0203 like what was going on um like on the music scene when they came out but they they were very like blues rock garage yeah, rock yeah, type sure. of sound and it was very it was unique and, piece, like, yeah it was really yeah it was just uh, patrick on drums and dan on guitar yep. and vocals yeah and it's just a very very fun power outfit yeah and uh then they had that one album that i just i wasn't a huge fan of that a couple of singles on there that went it was like her breakthrough album because like gold on the ceiling was like was oh all right so this was after magic potion yeah 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 so yeah yeah. i liked magic potion so what was it it wasn't brothers was it no no so i liked brothers as well there's the one with the minivan on the cover yeah 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 i can't Uh, remember off the top of my head what that's i can't remember and i I feel like it wasn't even like that album was pretty good still there's quite a few good songs on there like um the album after that was like probably my least favorite, and then they did I think uh, El Camino, uh, which I, was pretty good. I bet you that's uh, I bet you El Camino is the um, one that you're uh, with the with the van on the cover. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. I bet you that that's it. But yeah, it's uh, you know like. But these last two albums, uh, whatever the spooky one is, and the one before it, Delta Cream. Yeah, Delta Cream was pretty good. All covers. Yeah. But but definitely really good. Yeah. Like I remember like the very early stuff like um, Big Come Up, Thick Freakness, Thick Freak- phenomenal. Higher album. Uh, Rubber Factory was great. Black Potion. Oh, Attack and Release. Oh, Attack and Release was really also good. Really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look here. It definitely was El Camino. El Camino was the um, gold on the ceiling. Okay, yeah. What's the album after El Camino? Because there was one after that that was like... Turn Blue? That was three years later. Yeah, yeah. That that album, I was not a huge fan of. I did not... I actually don't know if I've even listened to it, to be honest. Yeah. It's not one of the ones that I have. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a purist, so everything up to like kind of basically brothers... Right. Um, I was into, and then there was there's. I thought Chula Home was in here somewhere, but I don't I don't see it's, it. It's that's that's an older album, right? That's it was CD, right, like, and it's just Junior Kimbrough. Yeah, it was just Junior Kimbrough songs. So like, I I I appreciate when they do blues covers. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's a big you know that's a big thing that because a lot of their earlier stuff was very blues rock. Yeah, and I love that. And it and it was a, it was a very specific title or type of blues rock, right? Like this is very Delta blues. Yeah, which is like you know different. Than you know a lot of the the twelve bar you know Memphis and Chicago style blues that we normally hear right like it's very outside of like the BB King style of blues which I, I enjoy too right but like I like that Memphis style of blues like Skip James and all that yeah yeah yeah, yeah so uh, Daily Beast had an article about it and it says like you know the title is basically like why do the Black Keys still feel like underdogs yeah you know what I mean yeah, and 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 a lot of it's because you know that early aughts rock a lot of that really just faded out oh yeah you know what i mean like where have the strokes been yeah. where you know what i mean like where have some of those bands been but you know who's still been around and has still been like a major player like the black keys yeah they it, still it, tour still, like relevant yeah they're still yeah. relevant they yeah. still they still tour they still do arena shows i mean they're not even it's not even like just doing like you know small clubs i mean they're like 
you know, we came and saw them at like the hockey arena. They oh, yeah. still do major shows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like they they and, and 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 like I said, they're still producing music that's like relevant, right? Like I mean, if, if you take a look at like. Not that they're contemporaries or anything like that, but like Justin Timberlake is like doing like a comeback tour and he looks like your dad in a bowling shirt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like it's really weird. Well, I mean, I don't know that Dan and Patrick necessarily don't look like, I, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. They only got their dad look going on, but, um, but also like they went through a period where they kind of separated and did their own thing. Dan put out a solo album. Patrick did kind of their own thing. So yeah, like he did, he did a solo album. It was like beats and loops and stuff like that. The uh, Dan may have done two solo albums actually. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, um, his first one was great, and I'm just uh, my my since we're in studio, my wife and my son just came back from polls, and he's hiding on the stairs. Hey, Jamie. Hi. Say hi to 47 random people on the internet. No, that's Frenchy. James says hi. Yeah, right, right. Little James says what's up. Yeah. Little Demo says. <laughs> Big Demo called. I'll call him back. He's uh, living the life in Greece, but uh. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to bring that up because I thought because I know that we're both Keys yeah, we're both, fans. Yeah, both Keys fans, and yeah, in twenty years. That's yeah. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Eleven albums, twenty years. That is way, way more than you know a lot of bands, especially from like the early aughts rock. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, as as my wife Cassie is going upstairs with James. Um, one, you know, like we. I remember you know, dating her and going to see the Black Keys at like clubs. Right. I mean, and like now they're playing arenas still. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like the the first time I saw the Keys and where I saw them. I think I saw them at like. Oh man, I gotta think about this. Um, I might have seen them down at. Uh, oh man. Sneeze here. What is it? Um, what do they call it down by? Is it? It's not the pier. Um, <laughs> It's that outside spot on the other side of Philly there by the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I know that. I know what you're talking about. I've never actually been there. Oh, man, I can't think of that off the top of my head. Why am I... I think the first time I saw the Keys was... At Penn's a, Landing? Penn's Landing. They consider it Penn's Landing? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I saw them outside on the water, and so it's basically like the stage is butt, butts up right against the river. Uh, I think it's the Delaware River there, and it's just like, it was great. Um, you know, yeah. weather's fantastic. You know, they're outside, so they're just tearing it up. I'm trying to remember what when I've seen when else I might have seen them. I'd have to think about that. I, I really would have to think about it. But yeah, I've seen them in a bunch of different places. I saw them um, in uh, in in a club in Wisconsin. That's the first time I saw them. Like I remember, like driving a couple of hours to Wisconsin because like I couldn't get tickets to the Metro show or something in Chicago. Uh, but I did see that one of, one of my best times seeing the Black Keys was at a um, it was this outdoor theater. Uh, on the Cuyahoga River in, uh, in in a neighborhood in downtown Cleveland called the Flats, um, which is like this sort of like on the river, right? Right. Uh, uh, and uh, at a theater called uh, the Nautica, and it was just, it was it was a great venue, great great show. I went there with my uh, my buddy Nick and, and Ed, 
and then yeah, it was it was, it was good seeing uh, the Black Keys like in in their hometown of yeah, even though like Akron's a little further north, right? But it was still like you know, I want it home turf for them. I want to say the first time I saw them was at the TLA in two thousand five. Okay. Um, Something like that. I had, you know, a, a, a girlfriend of mine at the time, her brother had put me on to them. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, immediately fell in love with that that sound because, yeah. you know, that was just, it's just such a great sound. So, oh, yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, I want to say, I want to say I saw them probably somewhere around there, but it's really tough to say. I'd have to go through, like, old ticket stubs or something just to see, yeah. like, you know. And the last time I saw them was for El Camino, and it was at, like, Quicken Loans in, in yeah. Cleveland. Right. Yep. So it's like it's funny because like the first time I saw him was at like this tiny bar in Wisconsin, right? And the last time I saw him was you know where the fucking Cavs play. Yeah, yeah, it's like just sold out stadium. Show. Yep, I, the last time I saw them was at PPG Arena in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Modest Mouse opened. Um, unfortunately, yeah. both bands seemed a bit out of place in the venue. Like um, Modest Mouse, that's not. An arena is not the best venue for them. No, for sure. But um, and I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say that. I think that. I think that the keys can pretty much tear it up anywhere. Right. But I feel like the, like club shows is like where they would, especially like given like Dan's sound. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like going through like old amps and stuff yep. like that. Like it's hard, it's hard to get that mic'd up correctly in an arena, right? Like, yes. As opposed to like. You know, like in ACDC of the world, where it's just like a wall of Marshall JCMs, right? Like it's just, yeah, it's just Marshall caps. But they do a good. I mean, they do a great job. They put on a great show. They have great sound. Can't you can't can't be mad at that. Oh yeah, no. So, but let's uh, let's talk about the real reason we're here. Oh yeah, where we talk about movies, books, and comics and stuff. Oh, Guitars and eight tracks and amps. Do 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 do. Remix. Uh, we're here to talk about a new or um, limited Disney Plus TV show, <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe, about my third or fourth favorite comic book character of all time, Moon Knight, the limited series, the limited run series, right? Which they, I, you know, like, don't tease me with calling it season one. It's so you, weird. When you know you're not going to do a season two, you're not going to do it. Well, see, that was funny because that was a, that was an interesting thing, like... Um, and this actually hurt them in the later. Um, I think that they wanted to actually have this show up for some awards, but because they called it like a limited series, or because uh, oh, yeah, they either had yeah, a, they, yes, they, yes. because it's called a limited series, they won't put it up for awards. I think they missed the cutoff for like whatever the limited series was, right? Yeah. If it was just a season, like a regular, t- yeah. But it, it was awards driven, right? That, that was the reason why they they wound up calling it season one of Moon Knight. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, it was a little weird, but um, I think that they wanted to. I think this is kind of like possibly maybe there'll be additional seasons, but also possibly we're gonna we're gonna shift them right into um, the cinematic universe, like the mo- like the movies. But also, I don't know that like to me, my understanding is this is all groundwork for a Midnight Suns. Yeah, well, so I, I wonder if there's confusion there because there is a Midnight Suns video game coming out. Right, but they remember their stuff is very all it's all very linked. There wouldn't be a Midnight Suns video game if there wasn't going to be 
some sort of cinematic right. But thing. I, I, I think in the video game, I, I don't think I, I didn't see Moon Knight in the trailer. No for the video game. No, my guess is he's probably like um, an unlockable character. Right. Yeah. Right. So I also think that it's based on. Um, I think it's also based on a newer comic book. They called it, it's not Midnight Suns, S-O-N-S. It's called Midnight, the video game is Midnight Suns, S-U-N-S. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know what's it, it going seems, on. It seems to be like very like vampire heavy in the Midnight Suns, the video game. Even though I, I did see Ghost Rider, but you also, like you clearly see Morbius and mm-hmm. you clearly see Blade. Blade. Right, like they're very up. But like, remember, so remember, Morbius already has his own movie. Right. Blade's going to have it's his funny. own, Blue's already, Blade's already going to have his own movie, so like we know that these characters are there. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so it's definitely this movie was in Sony, yeah. Yes, it's in the Sony universe, so no one's ever going to see it. Yeah, I think they re-released it a second time, and nobody still saw it. I, I heard it was pretty terrible. I had not seen it. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Um, I just. I don't have like. I, I do like Morbius as a character. The Living Vampire is a very cool character, um, but you know. Whatever. We're not here to, to talk about Morbius, though. We're here to talk about Moon Knight. And, uh, yeah, so let, let's get into it. Moon Knight, one of, again, one of my favorite characters. One of the, the I feel like, the lesser-known characters in the Marvel uh, Universe. Uh, not just the cinematic universe, uh, but in the Marvel Universe in general. He's often been described as Marvel's Batman, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I don't think is 100% accurate, right? He is a guy uh, that in the comics has an alter ego that is a billionaire. Right. right? Um, so, and, and he's got... Well, who's... What, I mean, that's the, that's the funny part is which is the, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, Stephen Grant is essentially the Bruce Wayne. Yes. Moon Knight is essentially the Batman. Yeah. Um, Jake Lockley is essentially matches Malone. Yeah. Right. Like there are really right very distinct similarities. Yes. And, but then like who's Mark Spector? Right. Right. All right. So like Mark Spector's a, a, a mercenary. Right. right. So in, in, in in the comic book, Stephen Grant is is a billionaire film producer. Right. Uh, in the show, uh, so one of the liberties that they uh, took in the show. Was um, so so. Moon Knight suffers from like. Um Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is because they, they, they make a big point to um, bring this up like every chance they get yeah. uh, when it's written down. Dissociative Identity Disorder. Dissociative Identity Disorder, also sometimes commonly referred to as multiple... Multiple personality, personality disorder, yes. Yeah. Right, so he has very uh, distinct personalities, but they are completely separate, right? Oh, sorry. And, uh, no, please drink your water and enjoy. Um... Uh, but they're completely separate personalities, uh, and in it depends on the comic book. So the, the the comics are very disjointed, right? So there's never been a long single run of Moon Knight. You know what right. I mean? Like so, it, it, it's it's always like this sort of short. 13 to 20 issue kind of run, right? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the original stuff, the original... So, oh my gosh, because I got to, I got to think about this. So, he's, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. So, he's, he's originally a werewolf hunter. Then there was... And um, he doesn't have associative... Uh, no. Uh, so, there was, identity. what, one, maybe two issues of that. Probably just the one. Yeah. Then there was Marvel Spotlight. So, the, there was like two or three issues of Marvel Spotlight. And I'm pretty sure he's still just a werewolf hunter using silver weapons. Very possibly. Uh, in, in, in the Marvel Spotlight. Then there were um, appearances, and I have them at home in an omnibus, um, where he had stories written for him in like, it was either like 
Hulk magazine or another one of the Marvel, like the black and white Marvel magazines that they put out. Okay. So you can find them, like you can actually find these on the internet. Actually, I almost bought one, but it was like, you know, the bidding was getting a little high, so I was, right. you know, whatever. But he had that, they had, so he had been around for probably 10 to 12 issues or, or appearances before they started the Moon Knight series, yeah. which was Bill Sienkiewicz artwork. Yeah. Um, and that ran for maybe 50, 60 episodes or issues? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. So the first one, yeah, the first one ran the longest, right? And then they would bring him back. Uh, yeah. And, and, and like, and I feel like it, it, it allowed like, Writers to go off on like sort of these weird tangents. Yeah, there there were definitely like really interesting runs in some of the second and third volumes of Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. um, where like some 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 unique artists got a chance to 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 pen. um, Where there was a lot of crossover, like was I think there was one. It was like Mark Spector Moon Knight. I think it was what they something like that. Yeah, Um, that was the title at. There was a lot of crossover with like Spider-Man, Punisher, yep. Ghost Rider. Right. Um, yeah, focused on so some of the personalities. So in both the TV show and the comic, Mark Spector is sort of a mercenary. Um, he is a super like badass kind of you know what whatever. He's a, he's a contracted you know military mercenary, mm-hmm. right? And like good with weapons, good at fighting, right? He's not Captain America. He's not a super soldier or anything like that, right? right. But he's 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 a mercenary, right? Um, in both the comic and the in the TV series, I believe it is Mark Spector who is injured. In the TV series, they didn't really mention that it was Bushmaster, right? Like, I, I, I don't feel... They, you know what, and they made a point to, I think they made a point from my, from what, you know, from, from what they've talked about in like on the Wikipedia page and some of the, where they kind of go in depth, they made a point to stay away from Bushmaster because I think, although it was like a very it was like the most obvious choice. I think they were afraid that it would be too much like Eric Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think they tried to stay away from it because they're very, I guess they were similar. The characters are kind of similar, right? They're sort of like both like warm, lordy kind of characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, which I understand, and I don't think it was a, a horrible decision, right? Uh, but but in either case, in both the, uh, the, the TV series and the comic book series, uh, Mark Spector is near death on a mission in in Egypt, uh, he stumbles into the tomb of uh, uh, an Egyptian god, Khonshu, right, who uh, is the, the god of the moon and protector of travelers and uh, fighter for justice, right? Like, um, <clears throat> so there, uh, Mark Spector, in order to, to not die, basically, you know, swears to be Khonshu's fist of vengeance, mm. right? So he, he will become the moon knight. Um, and go and fucking punish people as Khonshu, uh, the god of vengeance, sees fit. So that is the same in both the TV series and the, and the comic book. Uh, Stephen Grant is the other personality uh, that we get to meet in the TV show. Uh, this is a complete 180 from what the comic does. Uh, the comic has Stephen Grant as a billionaire film producer uh it's really his money that kind of funds the entire you know mark as moon knight going out and fighting crime uh in the television series he's like a mild-mannered uh museum clerk 
right? Uh, that you know knows a lot about. Yeah, he wanted to be. He was an aspiring tour guide, you know. Yes, yes. Um, I actually really like this Stephen Grant. I was like not opposed to it at all. Uh, it it does further itself away from Batman, which is what I kind of liked. You know, what I mean. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think they, uh, was it Jeremy Slater who was the um, showrunner. They made a point to stay away from that because of the equation to Batman, yes. and because of like what people in the comics industry has have pointed to as like the similarity between the two. Yes. So like yeah, so in that regard, like I do appreciate that they went away from it and kind of went from like you know a kind of billionaire playboy to kind of a bumbling, you yeah. know, dope, if yes. you will, yes, to a degree, right. And we get to see uh, Oscar Isaac do a British accent. Yeah, I mean, it's you know what it, it's it was really the the show the sixth episode arc is like a great vehicle for Oscar Isaac to show his complete range. Yes, yes. Like, and you kind of see that from the very beginning to the very end. Right. It, it's it's so within at least the Disney family of things, it's Oscar Isaac's best work for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean it's fantastic. it's way better than Poe Dameron being like somehow Palpatine came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it's so like, uh, oh god, poor Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean like he he gets to play. So th- those are the two personalities that we get to meet right off the bat. Uh, Mark is aware of Stephen Grant's existence. Right, but not... Stephen Grant is not aware of Mark Spector. Right. Or Moon Knight, or Khonshu, or any of this, right? Uh, Stephen Grant basically ties himself to his bed at night, has sand around the bed, right, so that he can, you know... Track his movements. Track his movements and, and not wind up waking up in weird places and things like that and, and, and missing stuff like that. But, yeah, like Stephen Grant is already aware of this and still can take over the body. and Yeah, so he, like, shackles himself to his bed, and the sand around the base of the bed is so that he can see if he has, like— Got up. Got up and, and, and yeah. He footprints in the sand. Right? So it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, uh, yeah, they—, they, they um, yeah. Steven, uh, Mark Spector figures out a way around this, right? So at, at this point, this is like episode one, two, like whatever, right? I, I was I was a little upset that, it, that we had it. I was hoping that we would get a Jake Lockley uh, um, <clears throat> appearance, right? He is another personality of uh, Mark Spector's Jake Lockley in the comics is a cab driver and is like he's on the street getting like basically he's he's the he's the aspect of Moon Knight that's closely associated to like the underworld and that's how he, he gets information on on tracking crimes and things like that but I was like I wonder what they're gonna do with Jake Lockley but there was really you know not a lot of not a lot of talk of Jake Lockley or anything like that um, or another personality so we first see the the personalities kind of come to know each other let's say or like Stephen Grant becomes aware as um uh, what's uh, what's his face? Um, who's the actor that I'm trying to think of? You're thinking. You're probably thinking of Ethan Hawke, who Ethan plays Hawk, Arth- yes. Arthur Harrow, who yes. is like kind Harrow. of a cult leader. Yes, yes. And and Arthur Harrow also a great uh, villain in the comics in the Moon Knight comics as well. Um, so they're they're like they're basically hunting for this scarab, mm-hmm. right? The scarab MacGuffin. Yes, yes. And um, so. At some point, like, Mark is tracking down, right, uh, 
the the scarab and and harrow and things like that. But somehow Stephen gets control of the body. So Stephen kind of comes to like in this like this sort of like quaint town. Yeah. Well, he so he he goes to sleep, wakes up in the Alps. Yes. Yes. That's in like Austria. Yeah. Right. Right. And like Harrow is trying to he's like demanding this scarab that like. I guess let's just say Mark has. Yes. And then there's a period. There's a there's a set of like periodic blackouts where Stephen Grant blacks out, comes to bloody, having like whooped, <laughs> open a can of whoop like, ass. And his like knuckles are, are bloody, and, and 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 now he's hearing the voice of Conchu, who's like, oh no. Oh no, the idiot has, <laughs> the idiot has control. Right. He's like, give the body to Mark. Yeah, and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you so, talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's like, Pum. and then like, so like, it, it'll be like Stephen getting into like near like death scenarios, like closing his eyes, then opening them again, and just finding himself like covered in blood and a bunch of like dead bodies. Yep. Him, you know I mean? <laughs> and it's gonna just cuts in and out for like it's it, it's it's a well done scene. Yeah. Right. Then he's in like a box truck with a with a gun. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Uh, as is, so he's going in and out of what could only be like you know like you can only imagine right like the carnage that's going on right it, as, as he's he's a one man army basically fighting all these guys uh, but he, you know Stephen Grant's not in control Mark Spector is in control um, so this is when Stephen realizes he can like is it here or or is it after the well, I think this is. I'm trying to remember. Like the first, I think he, I think he sees like in the rearview mirror. He can like if he looks into like mirrors, anything in reflections, he can see, they can see each other. But yeah, so right. Steve but I don't know if that's. I don't know if that is in episode one. Like in episode one, he like after he comes to at home, it's been like two days, and yeah. he finds like a phone and a key card and stuff, and then like Layla calls the phone. Yes, and he answers, and she calls him Mark, and he has no. You know, he's like, I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, and then, like, the next day, he's in the uh, uh, museum, and Arthur Harrow comes to the museum. Yes. And, like, confronts him there. Um and this is where you this is where you hear the first of like these Egyptian gods that he is a servant of Amit. Yes. And um I'm trying to remember exactly how this worked, but um, he was at work, and what, like he, he, I think he had to work late or something, right? Yeah. Because he like missed work, and so like uh, Harrow, uh, Ethan Hawke's character summons like a jackal-like creature. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and this is where you see it. It's the end of episode one where you see like in the like in a bathroom or in, in somewhere in the museum he sees Mark in a reflection, and Mark's like, "Give me the body." You have to give me control. You have to trust me for both of us. Yeah. You have to give me control. And this is when we first see. This is where we first. See see um moon night yeah. and it's kind of in that you know and this was in some of the some of the snippets of video that were in like some of the trailers where it, it's almost that werewolf by night scene where yes. he's like beating up on like oh you know a wolfish jackal yeah, creature jackal. yeah I, I love those i love the way they did the uh the, the moon night outfit which was very like it was like egyptian wraps you know I mean? yeah like a mummy wrap right right which was which was a nice touch uh i i, I liked how this show paid careful attention to the mythology 
and everything associated with Moon Knight and like the Egyptian gods and things like that. I feel like the MCU tends to throw everything out that's normally in the comics. Well, know? I mean, and and let's you know, I let's be clear, like to a degree, they do throw things out, right? Yes. The the you know the Stephen Grant character they threw out. Oh yeah. yeah. There are other things that they threw out, yes. but at least in this regard, you know the filming where they did a lot of filming in Egypt. Yeah. Where they where they did they did pay very close attention to like the mythology. Yes. They did do a really good job with that. Yeah. So which, which is all, all, like always a like a, a problem I have with the MCU is like it doesn't know how to treat its own the the, the extremely complex hierarchy of mythologies and gods that the MCU has built mm-hmm. unlike the, the 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 DC universe right which is pretty much just judeo christian right like, yeah yeah it's fair like D- DC has like the presence which is god right you know what i mean and then the second most powerful character is and, and eventually for a while becomes the most powerful character, and then there's another person. But it's it's Lucifer, so it's the, it's it's the presence, and then it's Lucifer, right? Who, okay. You know, like so it's it like so Constantine, all 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 those aspects of that magic, the demons, everything, very rooted into um, sort of that 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 Judeo-Christian uh, mindset. MCU yeah. is all over the place. It's well, they more interdimensional right. and stuff like that. Right? right, there are aliens. There are like there are space gods. There yeah. are There's, mythical, you know, and, uh, and, human gods. Yes, right. And, and, and exactly, and, and all the gods on 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 Earth are basically you know real, right? Like Thor is a character. He's the god of thunder. Right. right? He's the Norse god of thunder. Um, uh, so you have these Egyptian gods and things like that, and that's we're not talking about the multiverse of madness, but like that was one of my biggest pet peeves is like the MCU doesn't know what to do. Like, right. how, how how's Doctor Strange going to act like he doesn't know what the Pashanti is? It's like it's the symbol's literally on your tunic, bro. Right. You know what I mean? But like anyway. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll let, we'll save that for another episode. We'll save that for another episode. But what I really liked about Moon Knight is that they held true to that mythos and like yeah. what it meant and that's what I liked about the change they made to Stephen Grant with him being at the museum and, and like caring about Egyptian history and right. all that because know? it plays a role yes like his knowledge it ties into yes. it yes yeah it's not just a it's not just a thing like it's it's not a character beat it plays a part in the show right so like uh, beginning of episode 2 um, they show him the video footage of him fighting this jackal creature which you cannot see in the video footage yeah. so they think he just did this all on his own and he gets fired. Yeah, you can't see the jackal, so it's really just Stephen Grant bad shit crazy, yep. like blowing up the bathroom. Yep, right? so we're yeah, blow, blowing it up. But <laughs> <laughs> not Taco Bell. Punching stuff and yeah. kicking stuff in the bathroom. Yeah. So he gets fired. He um, finds a storage locker where he finds, once again, the scarab, and then he's having conversations with Mark. Yes. And, you know, Mark's explaining, you know, this is who I am. Um, I'm the Fist of Khonshu. Um, you know, then he's like, you know, there there's a series, and, and I'll we'll talk about this later on, but um, there's a series of, of instances where he is kind of like uh, saved by Layla, who is, you know, Mark's wife, soon to be ex-wife, I guess, yeah. um, who doesn't know of Stephen. So she finds him, saves him, whatever you want to call it, outside of the museum. Yeah. But she keeps referring to him as Mark because she doesn't know that there's a Stephen Grant. Right. She doesn't understand that there's this persona. Um, so there's a lot of like... Uh, you know, I guess reflection and tie back and you know ex- exposition, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
then there's more with um, oh I guess he gets arrested by some cops who are working for um, oh yeah Arthur yeah. yeah yeah so 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 Amit and and, and, and Hera, right like <clears throat> Amit is also there to like basically punish the wicked the way that Khonshu is as well. Right. But Amit looks at your life before it happens. Right, right. So you see, and, and this is what you see in episode one. This woman comes to him in the Alps and he uses, um, is it the cane? Uh, and he also has he has uh, the, the scales the, tattoo. He has a scales tattoo on his wrist, and so he weighs your life in full on the scales, and by this method, Amit judges you uh, proactively, right? Like you you may in the future commit wrongdoing, and if Amit judges that, you can then be punished. Yeah, and and you, that's why, and that's that the difference. Death, right, right, and that punishment is death. And, and, and Khonshu is basically kind of like a vengeance where he punishes those who have committed crimes, not people who are yet to do so. Right, exactly. And so that's the, that's why you know, that's why Moon Knight is the fist of vengeance, or right. Khonshu's vengeance, right? And so you know, it's the whole you know argument of like free will, right? So right. Because this baby is going to do something, but you, you how do you definitively know that this baby's going right. to be a monster? You know what I mean? Right. He's judged, but. How do you know that that is always going to be? And this this is like this is almost like the Spider Man No Way Home thing. Yes. Like you know, what if these guys had another chance? Could right. they do things differently that they know that they're going to die? Right. So like right. if if the if Electro knows he's going to die, can he go back to that point in time and do something different to ensure that he doesn't die? Right. And so now you have that same kind of thing plays out here. So you know this is why Amit is. He explains you know this is why Harrow uh, Arthur is looking for the scarab because he wants to find Amit's tomb, and then he's going to purge the whole world. Yes, he's going to judge everyone. Yeah. Now I don't know at what point this happens, but at some point in the first episode or two, um, I think it's actually in um, the end of episode one where Arthur tries to judge Stephen. And yeah. the scales don't stop. They don't. Yeah. They don't settle. Right. So he can't tell, which is very interesting. Yeah. So it's like neither good nor bad. No one knows. Right. And so that that's a that you know it's this very interesting, confusing thing. Um, but I thought that was you know interesting that like Stephen like there still could be you know yeah, uh, and that that's something that happens like later on too. Right with uh, the goddess as 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 they're crossing uh, the fields. Yeah. Right, like the the scales won't balance. Right. So, um, during all this, uh, Layla comes to save him again. Right. Uh, Arthur creates another one of these jackal creatures, but at this point, Stephen's able to summon the suit. Yeah. The well, no. This before that, what ha what happens is that that Arthur Harrow and Stephen talk. Right. Long time. Like and 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 Harrow's explaining to him that he knows everything that Conchie's gonna do because before Mark, Harrow right, right. was the fist of He was the fist of Conchie, yeah. The avatar of, of Conchu. Right. He's like, What is he telling you to do right now? Is he telling you to kill me? Right? He's right. Like, yeah. He's and so Stephen almost makes up his mind to give the scarab to Harrow, mm -hmm. right? Because he just kind of wants to be done with all this. Yeah. He wants his normal life back, doesn't want any of this, right? You know. Uh, whatever, <clears throat> but um, 
Uh, yeah, so, but that goes sideways. Uh, Harrow starts to use his cane, right? Layla comes there, uh, again, to save Steven. And this is the first time that Steven needs to summon the suit. And when he does, he summons the suit. But unlike Moon Knight... Uh, in the comics, we refer to this, and I'm, I'm assuming we refer to it in the show. He gets the suit, and it's Mister. It's the Mister Knight character. Mister Knight character, right? Right. Who is who is in the comics again? Uh, this is like volume three or volume four. Yeah, he, and he's like more of like a consultant that helps helps the police like solve crimes. Yeah. Right. But he does have these pretty cool batons instead of like them right. pressing blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Mister Knight is again, you know, all, all white, has just this really tight mask with the moon on it, and but it's it's a it's just a suit it's like a three-piece suit. yeah it's like a three-piece suit and tie yeah right. yeah yeah uh so he summons the suit and it's a it, and it, it works out so nice with stephen grant because it's a very much more polite version of of the moon Knight, right tonight is yeah so it's not good enough no. uh and and during this during this fight with the jackal he, um he has to actually give control to mark and summon the actual moon knight Yes. Suit to defeat the jackal. But while this is going on, Harrow gets the scarab and yeah. splits. And during this, like, Khonshu is like, yo, if, if you, you know, if you guys don't, if you guys don't stop him, I'm just going to take Layla and she'll just be my avatar. Which is, right. I don't know if that's, you know. Right. That's, that's, that's what Khonshu's like. Yeah. I mean, like, so whatever it is, right. So Mark, Mark's, Mark has to do this, right. Because he doesn't want Layla to be the avatar of Khonshu. Right. Um, so off to Egypt they go. One of the things that the show got called out or, or, you know, like sort of praised for was not using the yellow filter when fucking filming in the Middle East, right? Showing like just the, the natural beauty of the thing and not trying to make it look super Middle East-y. Right. I mean, right? Right. Uh, so off to Egypt they go to track down the scarab and whatever. Um, there's some, some again, some really great fight scenes that happen. Yep. A lot of blacking out. A lot of blacking out. Uh, <clears throat> dangling people over the side of buildings. Yes, dangling people over the side of buildings. Uh, is this the first time we see a blackout where they come to and Steven's like, what did you do? And Mark's like, I didn't do this. Uh, that might yeah, I know that that happens easier. at some point, it but does, I don't... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't remember if that's it or not. So... Um, they do some, Conchie does some crazy magic stuff that he shouldn't, which kind of causes all the gods to be called mm -hmm. uh, to, like, this trial uh, thing for Conchie. Oh, they basically, they're looking for the tomb of Ahmet, right? Right. This is Hero is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they are as well. They want to find the, because basically the gods had, had punished Ahmet and put him into a statue, or put her into a statue. Yeah. Right? And uh, so... And, and hit that statue. Oh, and they need to find it so they can free him. Yes, right. So they her. Yeah, right. So they have like this star map, right? But it, like it's not working. And one of the reasons that Stephen determines it's not working is because the stars today are not lining up with what the stars did. Well, so 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 we're in in time, right? He does something. Kanchu uh, like turns day to night at one point. Yes. And that summons the gods' avatars. Yes. They have a tribunal. Yes. Um, and they're like Kanchu one more time of doing anything this, right. this grievous in front of mortals. But Mark is Mark is telling them that like, hey, this is what Arthur's going to do. Arthur's trying to he's trying to free Amit. Or yes. uh, Arthur denies it. They kind of believe him. Yeah. They all split except for this one. Um, I'm not sure who. Uh, uh, oh, is it Hathar? Hathar? I Hathar? Yeah. His avatar, Yadzil, tells Mark, she kind of believes him, and tells 
uh, I think it's probably Steven, not Mark, um, or whoever, and tells him, like, I know someone knows where this is, and I'll tell you who this person is, you can go find him. At that point, they... Um, they go meet Anton. Yes, yes. Rip, yes. Rip Anton. R.I.P. Um, the guy who plays Anton, who passed away. We talked about this several, several, several episodes ago. Yeah. They find the sarcophagus. Yes. They're like looking at it while they're like inspecting it. Um, Arthur's people show up. A fight breaks out. The sarcophagus gets destroyed, but Stephen's able to kind of like preserve some of what he sees. And this is where they realize that this is the star map. And then at the end of episode three, this is where Khonshu and Stephen do the whole thing. They're like, well, this is a specific night thousands of years ago, and this is how we're going to... And they like... Yeah, and then Conchie's like, all right, let me make the sky what it was that night. Right, so you can find where you know where the tomb is. Right. So they do this, and this is what um, causes the gods to then because imprison Conchie. The sky like, is basically just this amazing light show. Yeah, it's just so they're Conchie's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's like rearranging the stars in the universe so that they match up in perfect alignment as they did that same night 3,000. Yeah. Ago. So at the Which so pretty at, awesome. at the end of episode three, Conchu's imprisoned. Uh, Mark and Stephen have no powers, um, and you know, but they do know where the tomb is, mm-hmm. right? So like it's right. you know, um, they get to um, they get to the tomb. They find that some people have already been killed, so they're like looking around in the tomb, and this is Layla and. And Steven. Yeah. And they find like these undead, uh, undead. Let's just call them undead. They find some undead. Right. They fight amongst this undead. Um, Steven runs away. Layla like Layla like fights off these undead and, and survives and wins. Um, but then she encounters Arthur. Yeah. Um, who like, now this is where things get fun. Arthur tells her that. Mark Spector was one of the mercenaries who killed her parents. Yeah. Way, way, you know, back. Um, before Khonshu took this is this is what happened that led up to Khonshu taking Mark Spector as the Avatar. Yes. Right? Um then uh I don't know if they like The show is uh, you know in in line with the comic and in line with the, with with the character, it's very fragmented in the way it's presented. So it's 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 hard to keep track of. And like as you as you're talking about, like then this happens, and it's 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 when you think back on it, it's it, it, it's very like sort of random. But I feel like that's the point of the storytelling is like because I I don't even remember is this where we start seeing the asylum. Where now? Mm-hmm. No, is that that's like episode four? We're like we're somewhere right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. This is episode four. We're at now, um, and so this is right. So the end of this episode. So so Layla confronts uh, Mark. Mark is like, "This is the time. That's not what happened. This isn't the time." Then Arthur shoots Mark. Yes. Okay. This is where he lands in the asylum, which we believe to be part of um, the Duat, but it's not. I mean, it could be, but it isn't. Like, right. You know what I mean? It could be like that purgatory place, but it's tough to say. But this is where, at the beginning of the at beginning of episode five, he is in. Um, at the end of episode four, they are. 
he ends up in this, he wakes up in a hospital. After he gets shot, yeah. he wakes up in the psychiatric hospital. Right. And he's like being spoken to by Arthur, who is apparently one of these psychi- psychiatrists. Yeah, it's his, it's his head psychiatrist. And, and, and Arthur there speaks to both Stephen and Mark. Right. Right. And he's like, can I speak to Stephen? Yeah. Right. So at one point, Stephen gets away and runs off. And then he finds. Is it, I mean, I, I got to make sure I have this right. Oh no, Mark is the one who's who's talking to Arthur, the psychiatrist. He he gets away. Then he finds Stephen Grant in like a padded cell. They like embrace. Yeah. You see the side by side. Yeah. Then they're 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 trying to escape the hospital, and at some point, a Titanic uh, hippopotamus um, comes through the doors yeah. and is like, and it's like this British hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. It's just like it, the uh, the CGI on her character is fantastic. Just the way. Ah, it is, like a, a, here's an interesting beat that I, we probably missed, and this is probably going to be key that we probably never notice. He finds Mark Spector finds Stephen Grant in a uh, in a sarcophagus. Once they once they see each other, there there's also a second sarcophagus with someone else trapped inside. Huh. They don't. They don't do anything. They run, and this is where they encounter um, the hippopotamus. This is where uh, the Egyptian goddess Tarat. Tarat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake Lockley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. More than likely. More than likely, Jake. Jake Lockley. Lockley. Yeah. But they don't realize this, so they those they clearly are not aware of the existence of Jake Lockley. So they leave. This is where they encounter the encounter uh, the the hippopotamus. Uh, uh, episode four ends. Episode five begins. This is where they're now on the boat. Yes. They're like now they're in the duot. Yes. Now they're in the duot. They're crossing in the afterlife, going to the uh, I forget what the uh, the Egyptian name is. Uh, it's it's basically like the Elysian feels right it's like paradise. it's like the afterlife yeah it's like but it's the paradise of afterlives and not like the duot the field of reeds sands. yeah the field of reeds. field of reeds field of reeds good job egypt <laughs> uh but yeah so and this is again where they're they're balancing the heart of of mark specter yeah and it, it won't balance against the feather and that's, right. it needs to balance right um so like there's something hidden that needs to be revealed before we can balance yeah. the scales. So um, I think that we do see um, there is a Bushman reference here. Yeah. In episode five, um, th- that leads up to Mark taking on Mark becoming the Avatar. Yeah. Um, so they're 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 looking into these, and this is where you know Mark's view of this is that Bushman is the one who killed Layla's parents. Yes. Right. Um, they convince uh, Tarret to help them, and she agrees. Yeah. With with the promise of like maybe she gets an Avatar. Right. Yeah, I think this is also where we see like where um, their younger brother drowns in the yeah, well so, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So this, so also what's going on outside of like the Egyptian hot stuff, right? Stephen is running basically through the past, right? Uh, and, and, and he's trying to avoid it. He's trying to keep 
Mark is trying to keep Stephen from seeing these things. Yes. Stephen has no idea that he had a brother, that they ran, that Mark and the brother ran off together, and that they, that the brother drowned, and then his mother basically went insane because of this. Yeah, and then blamed Stephen right. for everything when it was just two boys. And so she was extremely cruel to him. And then one of the things that it ties back into that we see from episode one is this amazing relationship that Stephen. Even has with his mom. He's always on the phone with her, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, <clears throat> or so we think. Yes, right. It's like his mom is like his best friend. He he's always leaving messages he's for his always mom. He's leaving messages for his mom, right? Yeah, and uh, so then what we learn and what we discover is that Stephen is the personality that Mark creates to escape the pain of like his his mother basically abusing him yeah. and, and, and so i i don't think that they i don't think that they hit this until the fi- till episode 6 so at the and the end of episode 5 the scales are still not balanced correct yeah. right they find out that his brother drowned and all of this strife with his mother but the balance there's still not enough balance so these you know undead monsters come up on the ship they drag uh steven off of the ship yeah well basically like well yeah steven like steven basically um he like turns to sand yes. like a like a statue yeah, almost that's, that's when the, the the scales snap into balance as, as soon as steven goes off the ship right yeah they snap and bounce. And then Mark ends up in the field of reeds. So at the end of episode five, he's in like the, he's in the, you know, whatever, the paradise or whatever we're calling it, the afterlife. Yeah. yeah right? right. And so that's where we end episode five and we go into episode six. Yep. And this is the final episode. And then basically what happens is Mark basically foregoes paradise, runs back out to the Duat and, you know, Basically, wills Stephen back into. He finds the sand, like kind of statue remains of Stephen Grant, and then you know, like basically wills Stephen back into existence. Yeah. So before this happens, Arthur, Arthur, um, Arthur goes back to that court of the avatars yes. and kills all of the avatars yes. and finds the statue of Amit and destroys it and frees Amit. Yes. And during this, um, Layla's Layla yeah. finds Khonshu. Yeah. And so she finds the Khonshu statue and releases Khonshu and Khonshu's like, will you be my avatar? Yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah. Like, she, but he, but he recognizes that she, so like, she's like, you know, a strong enough individual that she could be the avatar of Khonshu. And she's like, no. Right. Um, so like, you know, they, they this at this point she's saying no, and so then um, Tarek comes back. They escape and they awaken in their body. They're like then Khonshu restores their powers because he's a, you know he's been released. Yeah, but before this, since she won't become his avatar, Khonshu does. He goes to confront Amit, even though he knows he's he's not powerful enough. Who's that? Conchu. This is this this is where we see the fight between Conchu and Amit before Mark comes back. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm almost positive. I can't remember. All right. Yeah. It's in this. It, it's all. It all happens it's in this all episode. The same episode. Yeah. <laughs> And the fucking uh, Conchu, the the CGI on Conchu again, fantastic with his like his mm-hmm. bird head d- detached from his body. Yep. You know, what I mean, it's so good. Um, and then uh, the CGI on Amit, not so great, just giant alligator. But yeah, I mean, still, it's it's passable. It's good enough. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so they, he gives... Moon Knight gets his powers back, right, basically. And this is, again, one of the times where we see them black out, right? Because, like, they're, like, they're fucked fighting Hera at this point. Right. Right? And they, they like, black out, and then they come to, and there's just nothing but, like, dead bodies around. And, you know, Steven's like, what did you do? And he's like, I didn't do this. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so at some point, Layla Layla comes. Layla realizes that you know Amit can be bound again by multiple avatars, and then so she agrees to become the avatar of Tarret. Yeah, and this is where we see her become the Scarlet Scarab, which is totally outside of canon. Totally outside of canon. Also, the first uh, Egyptian superhero, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this dates back to like the old Invaders series. um, You know. Uh, Captain America, Submariner, yeah. Human Torch, back in the seventies. She she gets some awesome like Egyptian style wings that like throw blades and stuff mm. like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So now you have like Moon Knight going from like Moon Knight to Mister Knight, right? Like kind of transferring, you know, like transforming between the two to take you know advantage of the powers, the different abilities and powers of, of both the different uh, versions of Moon Knight, right? Uh, and then, you know, the Scarlet Scarab fighting Hera, right? Um, and <clears throat> is it what they basically, they get to the point where they, they can seal Ahmed again. Right. Right. Uh, they don't kill Harrow, even though Conchu wants it finished. He's like demanding that they kill. Like, we've got to do this. Like, you have to, because, and, and, and to a degree, you see, Conchu's right. Yeah. This is if you allow them to be out. This is what they've done. You could see, like during that episode, like Amit is actually like t- devouring souls, and you can see like souls in Cairo like being drawn up to yes. power Amit. It's like you cannot allow this to yeah. continue. And, and and the the cult that that uh, that Harrow had built is like in every aspect of every world mm-hmm. uh, of every and like you know like there's millions of these people all over all, th- all throughout the world, right? So it's very well spread um, out, right? And, you know, letting Hera live is dangerous, Mm -hmm. right? Because he has still millions of followers throughout the world, right? That will once again try to free Amit. Yep. Because Amit's not dead. She's just sealed again. Yeah, you're just just confined. Yes. So any idiot can break that open again, just like they broke open the statuette before. Right. And so, but, you know, they don't do it. They, you know, they, they take the chance to, you know, like, Say no to Conchu's, you know, like vindictive vengeance of just killing, right? And like for whatever reason. And then what we wind up with is the first post-credit scene. Well, he, they, he because they give up because they give up Conchu, yes. they give up the powers, and they both wake up again in the loony bin. Yes. Again. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but we're gonna leave, and we're gonna like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna protect the world however we can. Yeah. Now we get the. Now we get the first post-credit scene of of the series, which Marvel is famous for post-credit scenes, but this is the first one we've seen in the series. And basically, we see Hera, we see Ethan Hawke's character in, you know. Oh, he's in like a loony. He's like he himself is in a loony bin. In, in a loony. In bin. a wheelchair. Yeah, and we see like the black leather glove of somebody like come up and touch him on the shoulder, and he's talking French to him and it's like it's basically like so is it French? It's French. So the, the in the in the in the explanation that I read, he's 
speaking Spanish. Oh, it may be. It, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that he'd be speaking Spanish, but okay. No, I'm pretty sure it's French. That's why I'm. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, this is what's yeah, in the in, in the limo. It's definitely French. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So I, I believe. It, I'd have to see it again. I know French. I'd have to see yeah, it again. Yeah, it's definitely French. Okay. Because um, because it's it's a play to Mark Spector's best friend. Frenchy. Frenchy. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, uh, Harrow thinks you know. Just as Conchu predicted, his followers are breaking him out of this asylum, and they usher him into this limo. And in this limo, in the Mr. Knight outfit, is Conchu. Basically, he has the three-piece suit on. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Harrow's like, "What? Do, what do you do?" Yeah, I mean, he's like, "You don't, you don't have an avatar anymore." You know. Ah yeah. Ah yeah. Like you can't, you can't act on me in the physical world. You know, there's nothing you can do to me. Yeah. And he's like. Let me introduce you to my avatar, Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley. Yeah. So we finally get a Jake Lockley appearance, and Jake, it's, you know, again, it's Oscar Isaac as Jake Lockley, this time speaking French, um, just basically turns around from being the limo driver with a gun silence, just pops Harrow right in the head. And now, now we're this end scene. End scene, and then this is every time that you know, that uh, Mark and Stephen had blacked out, and, it, and like just mass chaos ensued. And like I didn't do that. That was Jake Locke, yep. the most dangerous of the avatars. Of the avatars, or I, I mean, not of the avatars, but of the alter egos. Of the alter egos. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really get to see Jake Lockley that much, or learn much about him, but we do get an appearance, and it's done, in my opinion, pretty well. Um, I think the show in general is done great. I, I, I think they, they paid homage to the source material even though they changed it, right? But it, it, it held true to the spirit of it even though, and I think, it, you know, they improved on some things. I don't need Stephen Grant to be a, a billionaire movie right. producer. Yeah, so, so this is tough for me because I'm starting to see a running theme that I'm not super happy with and I'm not super excited about in what Disney Marvel is doing with their canon. And so, you know, the the presentation of the mythos, right? The mythology, the Egyptian gods, yeah. Cairo, all that. Love it. Yeah. It's great. Um, the way that they the way that they change from a series of alter egos that you would see in a comic book to a personality disorder in the show because you have the ability to kind of do that blurry blackout yeah. whereas you couldn't you I mean you can but it's it takes up a lot of space in comics I really I really like that yeah like I, I think that that's great um, some of the things I was not super excited about um, you only see out of six episodes. You only see Moon Knight for about fifteen minutes, if that. Which to me is like, so if there was any, if there was any indication that this was going to be a limited series that was not going to have a second season, that is kind of like a critical error to me. Right. Like to not have that. Yes. So to me, number one, huge thing. Uh, number two, the shoehorning. And this is where this is where this is what I'm starting to see is like the shoehorning of a female like not I don't want to say like a Mary Sue type of character, but like a female character into these shows where, you know, all the heroic beats are committed by Layla's character. Yeah. She saves Steven or Moon Knight or whomever on a number of occasions. Yes. Yeah. And then in in episode six, some of the more heroic stuff is being done by her. 
as the Scarlet Scarab. Um, I, I don't appreciate the overshadowing of the main character by a sub-character who's really not either canon or important necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So to me, that is a little bit of like a, a, a huge error. A lot of the presentation is great. Right. Um, but this is a trend that we see in the MCU. Right. And we'll talk about it even further as we get into some of the other stuff that's been released. Right. I.e., uh, Doctor Strange and, and you can see this also in some of the Disney Star Wars stuff too. Yeah, for sure. And so I don't like I know that there are some um I don't know if they're podcasters or reviewers or whatever who are like very angry about this. I'm not saying I'm angry about it like right. like I'm like an anti-feminist or whatever you want to say. Girls can't be no superheroes. Yeah. yeah but right. we know that there are female superheroes. Yeah. The Marvel Universe has always had them. The Avengers. Yes. Has Black Widow. We already know that. Right, right. We have the Scarlet Witch, Scarlet who Witch, who yeah. was introduced as a hero. We yeah. already know this. Yeah. But instead, you know, we've already killed off the Scarlet Witch. So it's like, you know, and we have Captain Marvel, who people hate for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, right? Like, yeah, I, I like Captain Marvel. And I, yeah. I, because they, because they, because they have like a negative heart on for Brie, uh, Brie Larson, which is just insane to me. Right, right, right. Right. So like, they have. They have canonical female superheroes, right. and I don't know that they need to spend too much time. The real back and forth should be between Mark and Steven. Yes. I mean, I like some of the stuff with Layla. I like the Scarlet Scarab, right? Like, uh, as a character, I like adding it on, right? You know what I mean? But it shouldn't have been that much of a focal point. Right. It shouldn't have been the sole hero. Like, right. Moon Knight needed to be somewhat more heroic in times, right? right. Like, like, Mark Spector wasn't gone. That's all he was, basically, right. right? Like, it would have been, towards the end, we do get to see some sort of redemption from him, some sort of humanity, right? You know, things like that. But it would have been nice to see a little bit more. Right, like, if they're going to borrow from recent volumes of the Moon Knight canon, where we have Mr. Knight, and we have the kind of that kind of personality disorder that Mark has yeah. in some of the later versions, yeah. and you're and you're also going to have him in like there, some of the later versions of like the volumes of Moon Knight. He's in the Avengers. Yeah, right. Right. So he is a hero. Yes. Right. And I realize he can be a ruthless vigilante, and I'm all in for that. Yeah. But he's also a hero. So like when you hear when when there's that there's where's that scene in episode six where the van tilts sideways and there's a family there and out and the who does the who does the big save Layla's Scarlet Scarab yeah the mother and the child are you are you a superhero yes yeah I guess that yes yeah when those beats are being taken by the non main character you're diverting attention away from that main character and I'm not here to see like I didn't sign up like I didn't sign up to see a Scarlet Scarab show right I, I signed up to see a Moon Knight show because we understand that canon yes and we want to see that character yeah and I like the changes that they made with the character but I would have again liked to see more focus on him I'm all in on a Scarlet Scarab show if you want to throw that at me too like let's you know, we can dive down that path but let's let Moon Knight Moon Knight yes yeah, I mean. So I, you know, to me, like it's tough. To, like, where, where, where are you at final school? Man, it's so hard because, I, you know, like like a five or a six. I mean, like probably a six. Let's say I'm a six. I was I, like, I'm like seven five. Because like I, I, 
like I said, I wanted to like this. I wanted this to be the jump off to thought, like yeah, better I things. The, I thought the storytelling was really good, right? Like the, the uh, all all the things that I like in shows, the cinematography and all that. You know, it, it was all good. And the acting, Oscar Isaac crushed it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, like he he was fantastic. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm seven seven five somewhere in that kind of uh, area. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of it. It's just like I think that you're. you're Disney has to, and I don't think you're going to see this because I think that they're unfortunately they've like you can see that they've made this very clear. This is what they want to do. Right. That they want to overshadow the main characters with these other characters that they're creating. Yeah. Right. Well, like so, sometimes you know you have to kill your heroes. We'll, we'll see where it goes though. You know what I mean? We'll see where it goes. Yes. But well, as always, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for doing all the things that you do. And once again, I'm Andy Liascos with me as always, Mr. Patrick Banus. And if you don't like who you are, kids, don't forget that you can just kind of fucking change your personality and be a whole new person and get an Egyptian god to move the stars, you're good. Just take a deep look in the mirror, people. Yep. Deuces. Peace. Make him try.